Welcome to the Nerd Party. They can travel anywhere in time and space. Up we go into time and space. So all of time and all of space sitting out there. Welcome to Time and Space, one married couple's adventure through the Doctor Who universe. I'm Jessica Nunn. And I'm her also appearing companion, Philip Gilfus. Also appearing. I like that. It sounds like I'm running this show. Well, you are, darling. I don't think that I am. I'm just the good looks. You are just the good looks. That is a true story. (laughs) Sure. I've been uh, plowing, well, I won't say plowing through, but I've been Going through my Capaldi rewatch just a little bit. I haven't been doing too much because a lot of things going on. But it's been uh, interesting. I think I'm uh, appreciating 12 a little bit more than I did before. Excellent. Are you still on the first season? No, I'm in the second. Are you in the second season? Uh, Just because you were watching an episode earlier and he talks about Clara and I couldn't remember. Well, she was there for two. Uh, That's what I couldn't remember. Yeah. But But sort of in and out in the the second one. Maisie, is that her name? Yeah. Okay, that's a lucky guess. Guest stars, which means it's kind of countdown to Clara. So uh, Clara. Yep, Clara. <laughs> checking out. So yes, absolutely. And I enjoyed Maisie's bits. I thought she did a nice job with it. Mm-hmm. She's so cute. <laughs> but speaking of people appearing in Doctor Who, yes, many actors have appeared in Doctor Who throughout the years. Not surprisingly, but there have been a few faces that have returned from time to time. And today, we're going to talk about the actors who first appeared in guest star roles, then later returned as a lead actor. Yeah, there actually have been quite a few. I mean, not a lot, a lot. I mean, you've had reoccurring guest actors because, you know, someone knows how to do prosthetics. You're going to call them back to play a lot of character actors. Absolutely. Like, uh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but the guy who plays Strax has played other aliens um, in Doctor Who before, just because of his size and... Yeah, up, you know, yeah. I knew that he had played other whatever Strax is, yes. Potato Heads. <laughs> Sontaran. Sontarans, yes. I think Sontaran they say it. Yes. And of course, the woman who plays Vestra, mm-hmm. um, she also played another oh, one of Silurian. the... Yes, yeah, in the first time we see them. Right. And especially when you're probably playing those makeup-heavy roles... If you've shown that you can do it pretty good well, they're like, well, let's pick the person we know who can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. The first person I thought we'd talk about, and it's a little bit of a cheat because it's not Doctor Who standard, but she first appeared in Doctor Who, and that is Eve Miles. Yes. I know you've watched it more recently than me, but she first appeared as Gwyneth in The Unquiet Dead, starring, I suppose, one of your favorite authors. Charles Dickens. Yes, of course. Yeah, I had to get my brain in the right place. Yes, with the the Charles Dickens episode and the 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 morgue and the people who keep coming Gaslights. back to life and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And she plays the the maid mm-hmm. of the morgue, right? And which also would have been a good title, <laughs> the, the maid, maid of, of the, the morgue. morgue. It would yeah, have been. That's it. maybe the target novelization should be called that. There you go. So anyway. But um, what do you remember about her playing that guest star role? She sort of was, um, I mean, guest star role. I mean, she played it well. It was sort of like the, the local, though she had the weird telepathic powers, yes, I recall. Yes, yes. She was prescient, I believe. <laughs> Either prescient or, yeah, as you say, telepathic, able to read into people's minds. Mm-hmm. And she ultimately sacrifices her life to uh, fixing the problems mm-hmm. of the, <laughs> of the would you go, gaslight? 
Yes. Things. I don't know. It's been a while since I've seen it. But yeah. It was aliens coming in. and yeah. Quite a distinct Welsh actress. Yes. I mean, I'm, accent is what I'm saying by distinct. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I saw her again in something fairly... Oh, it was Merlin. Uh-huh. I was watching Merlin, and uh, and she was on that, and she was very good. Of course, one of the things we have to remember is that England's a pretty small island. So um, she's from Wales, Oh, sorry, Great Britain <laughs> is a pretty small area. How's that? <laughs> sorry, I apologize. Um, and so you do get a lot of faces that you see everywhere. You know, if you wonder why you're seeing British act, the same British actor in all of these different shows, that's why. Like uh, Martin Freeman, mm-hmm. uh, whom I absolutely adore, and he shows up everywhere. <laughs> now, of course, she would show up later as playing not Gwyneth, but Gwen Cooper in Torchwood. Yes, and I, and I wonder if. I mean, I, I know that they talk about it at some point with being a, a relative or something, but I wonder when they first cast her, if that was automatically the way they were going. If that's why they called her Gwen, if that's, you know, if they... A running gag or whatever. Uh, yes, even if it was a little bit of an end joke that maybe not everybody remembered. But, mm. uh, yeah, because it was in um, Journey's End when the Tenth Doctor sort of met everyone, and when he saw Gwen Cooper... And and uh, Torchwood on screen. Sorry, I can't remember T Boy's name for a moment. It was uh, Yanto. Sorry, Yanto. And it was sort of like, hey, have you ever been to you know da da da? And you know, I had a ancestor. So yeah, I thought that was a little cute connection there. Yes. So I think yeah. when when that happens, because you know this can happen in any TV show when you have a guest star and then they come back, you know, because some Doctor Who's been fifty years, but you know they're even less long running. So do you do you say something or do you just? play it off let it go yeah and i don't think doctor who is the type of program where you don't say something (laughs) i think you you say something Mm -hmm. um every time it would have been interesting if they'd wanted to keep it going though if gwen were slightly telepathic or something like that that might have been an interesting addition to true to things that have been a good episode but nobody asked me nobody (laughs) asked me when they were creating torchwood what they should do with that character now you you haven't seen all of Torchwood. No, that which is because you haven't shown me all of Torchwood. <laughs> well, you know, I think I can't remember when we stopped watching the reruns on Netflix, uh, season two maybe. Um, it's before. Yeah, I want to say season two, but anyway, there is it's two seasons. Oh, fans can yell at me if I'm getting this wrong. It's two seasons. The third season is we'll mention this in a second. Is sort of a mini series. I don't know if there's a British word for mini series, but mini series. Uh, they uh, just call it the series. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's just four episodes. Right. Or yeah. Well, you're right. That is a series nowadays. Yeah. Um, or, anyway. or six. Six is sort of the yeah. But anyway, it was just four. I think or five. I can't remember. But anyway, and then the fifth one. Excuse me. One, two, three, four. The fourth one happened years later. Years later. And that was on Stars, which I don't think exists anymore, an American channel. Mm. Um, and that was Miracle Day. Sorry, Torchwood Miracle Day. And and I, I forget how many episodes. It was more of a proper, well, it was American, so it was a more little, proper. Yes, yeah. It was our version of a miniseries, which would be yeah, ten, <laughs> the British version of a C. Yeah. 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 It all gets to be complicated when you try to do all the translations. But the only reason I say back, you know, I, I think... Yeah, even though despite Miracle Day, oi, oi, that one, I think fans have always clamored for Torture to come back. Now, of course, Big Finish is doing, is bringing back all the original cast here in a couple months, or maybe in one month or two. 
So, but there. Yes, which is exciting. And is that for a film of some no, sort? Just a big finish audio. Uh, that's what I was story. thinking. Yeah. Okay. So it's just going to be an audio, which yeah. is, you know. Yeah. And, they've, and they've had, I mean, I know they've had tortured ones, but this, I think, I think this is the first time we've had the original cast all together in a while. There was certainly, it, there was a lot of hubbub about the announcement. Mm-hmm. So it must be relatively unusual. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's next? Well, one of my favorites, um, though I'll probably say her last name wrong, and that is Freema Agamemnon. I think is how you say that. Yeah, let's go with that. That one I don't know. Sure, and I'm even going to have more trouble with her first appearance. But anyway, she appeared uh, first time as Adiola, and the last name Ashodi, possibly? Yeah, I would have gone with Adiola, but... I'm going to go with you then. Adiola, and that was an Army of Ghosts, another 10th yes. Doctor story, with the Cybermen, and then I think that's the, the, the episode afterward is the one where Rose gets sucked into the hole. Yes. That's the one with Torchwood 1. Yes. Yeah. And then she would go on a course to play Martha Jones. Doctor, or, well, not doctor yet, but anyway. But doctoral student, Martha Jones. <laughs> and uh, source, uh, folks point out that it is a little awkward if you're doing a binge watch. Because it's Army of Ghosts. Then it's whatever that next episode is. Which is the season finale. The next one's Smith and Jones. So well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so she's yeah. usually running short. But anyway, but again, you've watched Army of Ghosts a little sooner than I have. Mm-hmm. What did you think of uh, Freeman's first? Uh, it's sort of a proper guest role. I think she sort of gets um, cybermend, and then she gets killed or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was fine. Uh, you know, there was nothing particularly that particular episode didn't speak to me a whole lot, and having seen it. Most recently, all I could think of was Martha Jones, and so like, oh my god, they killed her! What? Yeah, yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> um, so yeah, and I like the idea that you know coming in that quickly. I'd be interested in the chronology backstage. Of casting. Yes. Yeah. I mean, did they just think, hey, this girl's great and she's a lot of fun to work with? We should cast her. As the next companion, or did they already have it in the pipeline? And if so, that seems kind of irresponsible. Yeah, I'd I'd just be interested in knowing the backstory for that. Yeah, I was doing some internet research, which of course is always dangerous, but I thought I read, and whether it's authoritative or not, was that, this would have still been Russell, that when Russell cast her, they had not done the connection, because he said, well, had I known, I would have just had her live. And then prop up Stay as a companion yeah. to be that same character. But anyway. So. so it was a crossover of... So she was not cast as a companion when she played. Oh, she had... So it wasn't like a crossover no. of showrunners or things no, like no, that. No, no, no. Yeah, because yeah, Stephen wouldn't take over till Matt Smith. Right, okay. Yeah, and so... But yeah, I, I thought... Because um, she's... I mean, because with Eve, she's sort of the guest star of that episode. Yes. But with Freema, she's sort of like... The person who gets killed, <laughs> like yeah, the person you're following. Yeah, I mean, she's got yeah. a relatively. She's she's sneaking off to make out with some yeah. other guy, and you know. But as you say, she does get killed, and these things happen. And they do make, and I don't have it in front of me. I knew, I think they do later make a reference that she had. They were cousins. Yeah, yeah, cousins, identical cousins. Oh, that's there you identical. Go. I was about to say. There we go. <laughs> There's your Patty Duke reference for the show. <laughs> for all um, the kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> Shut your face. <laughs> Let's well, move on. What's our what's our third one? <laughs> our third one is, of course, Karen Gill- Gilliam. Is that a hard G? Sure. Yeah. Okay. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, who was a soothsayer in the fires of Pompeii. Right, which is an episode we will obviously be talking about a lot in, in this one. This was the one I, I think I'd seen it. 
well, years ago, of course. And then later, you know, after she was playing Amy, it would be like, oh, she was in The Fires of Pompeii. I'm like, where? And then I would see an image. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess maybe she was, because, you know, there's a bunch of the soothsayers or the, the sisters of Sibylline or whatever they're called. And I was like, oh, well, she's probably like the third one from the left. But then just watching it this last one, I'm like, oh, she's like the main one. Well, I mean, like, she's not the main one, but she's yeah, the but one she's you the see one, the most of. Yes, she's most the one. Time. Absolutely, absolutely. But, again, with this one, I think it's much easier because she's so made up. Right. You know, knowing who we're looking for, we could go, oh, yes, I can see it now. But it's like seeing her in Guardians of Gal- of the Galaxy. <laughs> you, don't, you don't go, oh, yeah, there's Amy Pond right there with the weird shaved head thing. You know, it's well, she, she's disguised enough, I think. And also, just because also the hood, I think, helps because you don't see all the, the shock yes. of red hair and everything. Yeah. Um, but also, I think she's using an English accent. She's not very Scottish in The Fires of Pompeii. Also true. Nor is she in The Guardians of the Galaxy. That's true. But she's a little more in between, I think, in Guardians. Yeah, maybe. Because she's very... (laughs) Plain is not the right word I'm looking for, but very regular in Fires of Pompeii as far as... Yes. No brogues or lilts or anything of the sort. Um, Of course, you know, I'm going to play Amelia Pond, of course. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I I always wonder, like you say, you know... Is it a matter of like, oh, she was interesting. We'll have to keep her in mind. Because, I mean, there was a few years. Well, I'm trying to think of Fires of Pompeii. Yeah, I mean, it was a few years before yeah, the, cross, the changeover. Tenants, so, yeah, because yeah. a couple movies. I mean, it was Donna, so it was the last proper series. Mm. But you still had the specials and all that was. So it was like instantaneous. So yeah. I wonder how much was back of the mind or just tried, auditioned, auditioned again. And, and yeah. like, remember me? I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's hard to know those things. But I like, one of the things that I like about Doctor Who is that people keep returning, mm-hmm. which suggests to me that for the most part, despite what Christopher Eccleston has <laughs> recently said, right. um, it seems to be a good work environment mm-hmm. um, because people do come back. You know, people come back years. Sarah Jane comes back years and years and years later, and, and that... I like that sort of family sense about the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it personally to see it. I like to see everybody come back. But I also like the idea that all of these actors and performers want to come back. Yeah, I, I think it was definitely interesting to see her in both these roles. Yeah, of, of what it takes to, to, to sort of get cast again once you've sort of been in it. Yes, yeah. Does it help to have Doctor Who on your Rolodex when you go try out for Doctor Who again? Yeah, yeah, so, I would have yeah, thought so. I, I think it beats the heck out of having having Holby City, um, which is a, uh, a resume builder that I would guess 97% of British actors have. Like, <laughs> yes, I've done Holby City. Is that it's, the uh, law and order of American yeah, a actors? Bit. Yeah, a little bit. Although, of course, now they've got Bradley Walsh from law and order. So um, <laughs> maybe that's becoming the new British thing as well. <laughs> right. Well, so the big one, of course. Speaking of the fires of Pompeii. Yes, Peter Capaldi. Yeah, now it's interesting because the reason, of course, I mean, we can watch this episode however we want to, but it's also, it's an extra on the complete Peter Capaldi Blu-ray, uh, The Fires <laughs> of Pompeii, it's, it's, which I thought was funny, um, so it made it easier to watch since I already had the Blu-ray in there. So he, and I'm going to get this name, this is a shot in the dark, Cecilius? I think it's a soft C, I think it's Cecilius. Cecilius. I think so. On The Fires of Pompeii, and yeah, well, let's just start with that. How how'd you think of his appearance in the fires of pompeii i thought it was interesting and i can't remember you know having watched a lot of the extras on on the 
Peter Capaldi Blu-rays. I forget who said, I don't know if it was Peter himself or someone who said Peter said this, that he never thought at this point in his life he'd ever be, you know, the doctor or whatever, because, you know, the time had passed. And so doing the fires of Pompeii was the closest he would get. And so cool, you know, because he's, you know, not the youngest guy in, in, in the world. And so um, that this is sort of like, oh, I'm in Doctor Who. Okay, this is my chance. And so, now, I assume he's not the oldest Doctor Who. He is the oldest Doctor Who. Is he really? Because remember, William Hartnell is not, that, as, but is, I, is not as old as he looks. No, William Hartnell absolutely, looks about 20 years it, older than he is. But I didn't know if any of this. So he was the oldest and Matt Smith was the youngest. Yeah, yeah, so there okay, you. so right there. Quite a contrast. And of course, you know, in the beginning times, the first, what, three, four Doctors are much age. older yeah. isn't that the whole yeah. point of yeah because uh, peter davison up till matt smith was the youngest doctor to ever be and that five. was a thing that mm-hmm. they had brought somebody in that was who was so young right mm-hmm. am i right about that yeah. so so actually peter capaldi falls into that canon quite nicely mm-hmm. you know but uh, moving back to the fires of pompeii i enjoyed I, I like that episode. I like the fact that they saved that family. And I think Peter Capaldi's a lot of fun with his, uh, I bought the box because it's modern art. I think that's, <laughs> I like that. I think that's funny. Yeah, and he played an interesting character uh, of sort of the, of the time, you know, playing the the, the Roman in Pompeii, the, the mm. father of the family. You know, I, I like, you know, when the doctor asked what business he was in, he's like, the marble business, you know, the best there is, and, you know, all that stuff. And, and but also to see the dynamics. Yeah, and I don't know, I mean, I feel like it's pretty on the spot. I'm not a Roman expert, but, you know, with the household gods and the way he related to his children, and he was proud of the his daughter because she was going to be the sisters of the Sibylline and all that sort of things here. Mm. So, yeah, I thought it was all very interesting. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, and you may correct me, but I believe they do reference it when he becomes the doctor. I I believe there's the smallest reference of, oh, that face. Well, we're going to talk about that in a second. Oh, okay. Sorry. Because I think that that is, you know, because just talking about Fires Pompeii, you know, like I said, a pretty good turn there. Someone who's, and I don't know all of uh, Capaldi's CV, but I know he's an established actor. He is. Yeah. He's prolific. He's. He's made a living at it. Yeah, and so to have him there, is, it was pretty cool. Now, I know you're not going to know this reference, but we still have to say it. He also played John Frobisher in T- Torchwood, Children of Earth. Now, this is the miniseries, the third season. Oh, okay. So he plays an actual main, pretty main role in that. Oh. So when we get to that, you'll have to let me know what you think. But So but he, so he had Fires of Pompeii, and then I can't remember which one came first. I want to say Children of Earth came after, but I may be wrong on that. But anyway, but he so he played... Two major memorable parts in the Doctor Who franchise. You consider Torture part of the Doctor Who franchise, and I think for all intents and purposes, you should. Yeah. You know, and so yeah. no, I'm I'm with you on that. So, but sorry, I hit these two big points, and mm. I thought again, we won't talk too much about it since you haven't seen it. But he, I guess, it played a very main guest star role in in Torchwood, of of sort of being the lead non Torchwood person. Yeah, that have to deal with the the events that were going on, um, and so you can sort of see his range because sort of a very difficult things he has to do so much like fires of pompeii where you see the emotion mm-hmm. i know when we're ta- listening to the extras a lot of the his fellow actors or maybe it was even stephen moffat himself who was saying that peter has 
he thought the power did to convey a lot without saying yes, it. Yes, yeah, it talks a lot about, in the, I think it was in the extra of seeing the symphony playing mm. all the music and stuff, talking about the emotion behind creeps out a bit, I think. But uh, it's interesting that he played two very visible characters before coming in as the Doctor. And again, I wonder what the conversation was. Did that hurt him? Was that something that the people were saying, you know, oh, I don't know, we've seen his, we've seen this face twice now. <laughs> Can we make him the Doctor? Or did it help him because he's great to work with? You know, just be interested in knowing the... the uh, I would have liked to have been in the room where it happened, I suppose. <laughs> but anyway, so of course, Peter would then get cast as the Doctor. I remember, And again, I don't know, you never know how to trust <clears throat> this stuff when they say it, but... Stephen Moppet was. I heard one interview where he said that he Peter was on the list when they were looking at the eleventh Doctor. Oh right, and okay. again you don't know if that's retrospective because you know it's after he's cast as twelve. You know, yeah, oh, of course, always you know. Of course, you said would say that. But as I said, the reason I made that earlier reference to him sort of being a working actor, you know, he's always maybe on the list. Of- yes. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And that I find that particularly interesting because there's such a difference between Peter Capaldi and Matt Smith. You know, physically, well, I don't know about physically, actually. They're both sort of tall and lanky. Well, and I think all the doctors A little bit floppy. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of the theme at the moment. But, you know, age-wise, demeanor-wise, so vastly different. So it's not like, oh, yeah, these guys do it so the same, and now we have to choose between one. It's, you know, it, it, it has to, at that point, be a direction what direction do you want to take the doctor in? Mm-hmm. So, uh. But anyway, so you talk about the face. I just got finished watching. I don't remember the name of the episode, but it's actually the first Maisie episode. I don't know. That's not what we're calling it. But anyway, so it's in the second series of Peter Capaldi of when we he finally connects the dots. Because when he first regenerated in Deep Breath, I think that's what it's called, as the 12th Doctor, it's very big question. You know, why do I have this face? You know, who frowns this face that I have? You know, why, what am I trying to tell myself something? And so in the Maisie episode or the first Maisie episode um, with the Vikings, it's at the end, you know, or, well, excuse me, it's the middle. And, you know, the, the, basically this, this person who's pretending to be Odin, alien in the sky has said, you know, I'm going to kill all y'all down there after you've declared war. And Doctor's like, well, just run away. You'll be fine. And, and Clara's like, aren't you going to save him? I'm like, well, they run away, be fine. And then once he sort of teaches them how to save the day, the young girl dies. Maisie's character dies. And he's like, oh, well, and could about to go away. But then it's, it's, he sort of makes the connection. Why do I have this space? And it's because of the fires Pompeii, because he's always telling Clara about the rules. You know, you can't do anything ripples in time. You can't be a tidal yes, wave. Yeah. But then why do you have that face to remind me? That, that you can I, save one. That I'm the doctor and that I save people. Yeah. And so that's how they make that connection. Nice. Finally. Yeah. Aww. Now I want to go back and watch it. And I have to be patient and go in the queue like it's supposed to be. But yeah, I mean, because I I don't think they heavily run it, but there's always the the thing of why do I have this face? Mm. You know, where, 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 you know, and and so I think it's interesting that they finally decided to make the connection. Finally. Yeah. Yeah. 
And, it, you know, Jodie Whittaker, as far as I know, has not appeared in Doctor Who. And as somebody at her age, and I'm not sure how old she is, I assume a little bit younger than I am, maybe, um, but for someone who has been a regular working actor um, in Great Britain, again, maybe she's got Holby City on her CV <laughs> and, uh, and not Doctor Who yet. But uh, 35. 35, oh, okay. My age. Your well, age. Well, younger than me, but all things considered. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 1982. Uh, even though she has worked with Christopher Eccleston and Antigone, uh, the stage production, was that at the National Theater? I believe that so. Was? Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, worked with David Tennant on Broadchurch, but uh, this is her first go-round with with Doctor Who, so that's very exciting. <laughs> right, so after that quick jump into the future, shall we uh, hop into the TARDIS library? Yes, yeah, so when talking about doctors who played someone else before they played the doctor, this, mm-hmm. of course, is not unprecedented with Mr. Peter Capaldi. This actually happened with Mr. Colin Baker, and that's going to be in the fifth Doctor story, The Ark of Affinity, which premiered in 3 January 1983. This is a brief synopsis from TARDIS.Wikia. It's actually not a great one, but I don't feel like making my own, so we'll just go with it, folks. <laughs> um, here it is. Omega, an ancient time lord made of pure antimatter, once defeated by the Doctor, this was in the Three Doctors, apparently, is plotting to cross over into this dimension by bonding with the Doctor. Meanwhile, the disappearance of a man in Amsterdam piques the curiosity of his cousin, Tegan, who previously left the Doctor at Heathrow Airport and now finds herself at Omega's mercy. Fearing total destruction from the collision of matter and antimatter, the Time Lords recall the Doctor to Gallifrey to undertake the only viable solution executing him dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. so colin baker of course the sixth doctor uh, appears throughout this serial um oh goodness i should really look up the name of his character but anyway he plays sort of the head of the security force mm-hmm. on gallifrey <clears throat> with the time lords and so what did you think of mr baker in that appearance yeah i, I quite enjoyed the the serial anyway um, even though at first I was like, why are we watching this? Why, why, why are you making me watch this? And, <laughs> your, and your response was, wait for it. Commander Maxel is his character. Okay. Commander Maxel. Um, yeah, again, it's one of those things. Colin Baker is so quintessentially doctor. And I think we've talked about this in the past that, you know, he's only ever the doctor, mm-hmm. you know, anytime you see him doing anything else, it's. Colin Baker as the Doctor as whatever else he's doing. And so to see him before he's the Doctor. I also think it's fantastic that his entire role was to execute the Doctor. <laughs> so we assume... You're like, mate, you haven't gotten the job yet. Okay, yeah. stop trying to kill <laughs> we, him. We assume Wait that that's his plan, yes, mm. to kill the Doctor and take his place straight away. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting because obviously he's, I mean, he's not the villain of the story, but in, in a way he is, or one of them anyway. I mean, he's sort of the, I'm just following orders, sir, but they're pretty sucky orders. Um, and but, he seems to relish it a little bit. Yeah, a little too much. Again, whether that's, you know, Colin Baker or his character. Yeah. <laughs> But again, it's, and again, I know I always say that, but I'll say it every time. Nothing against Mr. Baker, but like, you know, it's it's obviously not a, a, a positive role. 
you know, like, oh, this guy is beating up the doctor. And, you know, I suppose they're characters that you love to hate. But this one's pretty much like, oh, this guy's just being a blank. And then, <laughs> so you're going to be like, you know what, who I want to be the doctor? That guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then, yes. and then again, the sixth doctor is not my favorite at all. So that doesn't even help matters even better. Well, and it's an interesting point in that looking back at all of the other people who reappear, none of them play dreadful people. Right. They don't play bad guys in advance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's an interesting, he plays a bad guy and then gets to be the doctor. Right. And I remember seeing somewhere an interview with Colin Baker where he said, and I'll get the story wrong, but it's something like there was either a rap party for this episode or something. And he said he was just particularly on that evening or that party or whatever. And then John Nathan Turner, who was the showrunner, I guess it's sort of, oh, this Colin Baker fellow, I'll have to put him on my list, you know. And uh. so when Peter, I guess, said he was leaving, I guess that he was sort of on the list there for just, I mean, because I mean, Colin Baker was like, oh, I guess, you know, just because I think his, his version was that he got the job because he was funny at a party. Basically. Particularly charming. Yeah. And Peter Capaldi lost out because obviously he was on the list at that point, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. He's always been on the list. I don't know how old he would have been in the 80s. Probably could have done it, I suppose. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, it, it, like you said, it was a good story. And again, I, I did like the fifth Doctor. Um, I did like uh, the Doctor and Nissa, which is what I always talk about with the fifth Doctor. And I, having forgotten the timeline, I was like, you know, they don't usually don't have their own episode. This is pretty nice. Oh, Tegan shows up. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> here she it was is. Nice. Again, not that I, I hate Tegan, but I'm just like, oh, it's like the two of them better. Because even this, uh, she can sometimes be a very Vulcan, a very flat character because she's a little bit more logical and scientific. But, you know, the doctors can be funny, too. So she's, you don't always have to have the companion be the crazy character. She can be the straight man, if you will. But anyway. Mm. But anyway. So, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, Colin Baker is throughout this episode. is definitely uh, lots of screen time. Yeah. Very visible. Very Colin Baker. There's no makeup. Mm-hmm. It's just, just helmet occasionally. Yeah, just an occasional helmet. And yeah. then, yeah, like you said, I did see a notation that he's only one of the few characters ever shoot the doctor. Well, there you go. <laughs> and then gets rewarded by getting to be the doctor. All right, it's a very negative message, darling. Yeah, I know. Maybe Strax will be the next regeneration when, <laughs> when Jody's done with it. I'll really go back to a man so soon. No, no, okay. I, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm game for Missy. Uh, I'm game for Vastra. Uh, yeah, no, we've got, we've got some more women to work through. And if we're gonna go back to a man, you know, Mickey Ricky might be looking for a job these days. Well, he's got a wife to support, right? Exactly. Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> That would be interesting. Just a reminder that Noel Coward is married to uh, Freema. Yeah, that would be interesting. Noel Clark, excuse me. Noel Clark, what'd yeah, you say? Noel Coward. Noel Coward, yes. <laughs> oh, no. No, no, Noel Coward would make a terrible doctor. If he's on anybody's list, take him off now. <laughs> right, so what are we going to talk about next week, my love? Well, darling, I thought we'd kind of get into a bit of analysis we're going to be actually looking at all the various intros to mm. Doctor Who, um, the variations of the theme tunes, the graphics, and all of that. So. I'm looking forward to the talking about the fact that at least one of them traumatized me in my childhood. <laughs> so, yes, so we'll be talking intros and, and theme tune arrangements and design and graphics and all that fun stuff. Of Particularly in light of all the new stuff that we're getting with 
with Miss Whitaker. Yes, exactly. They always like love seeing fan art. So if you know any good fan uh, made introductions, because of course the good trivia is is that a fan made introduction actually uh, helped create the Twelfth Doctor's introduction. Oh. So they actually had the designer come in on, and basically they not like steal his idea because he was there, but they basically because the clocks was the fan one, yeah. and you compare it to the one they use now, and so yeah, yeah, sort of steampunked it up. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Yeah. That was nice. Well, until next time, darling, you're my favorite person to be guest appearing in my life in Aww. all of time and space. I mean, technically, you're guest appearing in my life, but we won't split hairs, darling. This is BBC Television.